Welcome to the second episode of the Take Time podcast. I'm your host, Maeve Atchison, and my guest today is my lovely pal, Jane Casey. Jane works in digital marketing and content creation. She is an amazing writer, and among many, many other things, she is a podcaster. So Jane is one half of the State of Us podcast. If you haven't listened to it before, go check it out, because I'm a big fan and I love it. Uh, So welcome, Jane. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Maeve. It's gas being on your podcast for a change. I know. What's it like being on the other side of the other side of the podcast? Um, I'm trying not to like lead. <laughs> I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to like, no, know your role, Jane. Just sit back and do what you yeah. have to do. Yeah, it's weird. It's gonna be interesting. But yeah, one of the reasons I wanted you to be my first guest is because you've been so supportive um, to me on this kind of venture of, of setting up a podcast. I mean, you've been listening to me shouting out about starting a podcast probably since the day you met me. So um, I think you hear a lot of talk these days about our podcast oversaturated, you know, every time people are saying every Tom, Dick and Harry has one, don't come out of quarantine with a podcast, which I'm ignoring. Um, so I think it's lovely. I get the kind of, I love that feeling that I get from you of like, there's room for everybody. Um, I was going to say the opposite, actually. No, I think there is room for everybody. As long as you have something to say, I think that everyone does have something to say. Um, but I mean, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to make a great podcast, but definitely give it a, give a stab. You know, you'll speak to some demographic, you know, the pressure's on there, Jane. But yeah, what I mean is like, I, I kind of see it like books. Like you don't see anyone saying, oh, there's too many books. (laughs) (laughs) I know the reason why I've been so supportive of of you well first of all yeah no I'm supportive of of anyone who who is trying to do something out of their comfort zone um that's amazing I think fair fucks to you if if that's you know if you're going for something it's scary uh but also there's a reason why we always um put you on blast on our podcast and it's because uh and actually if anyone has never listened to my podcast but is listening to this right now Maeve has guest starred in many an episode. Um, but the reason why is because you do have great things to say and you bring value to people. And that's why we always pull you in on things. So I think, well done. I'm proud of you. That's lovely. Thank you. So today we want to have a chat about self-care. And I think it's kind of apt with the name of the podcast being Take Time because we all need to take time to do a little bit of self-care. I think... You know, self-care has kind of become a bit of a buzzword, which is unfortunate. And the reason I say that is because when that happens and a word becomes kind of like a buzzword, um, people get fatigued with it. And, you know, it kind of happened with mindfulness a couple of years ago. Everyone was bed into it and then everyone got sick of the terminology. But I think just because we're tired of the terminology doesn't mean that the concept or the practice is not worthwhile, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. For me, you are a perfect example of someone who practices self-care regularly and well. Um, so I guess what does self-care mean to you or what does it look like for you? Well, exactly what you just said. Self-care has become a buzzword. And I think when people think of self-care, 
because of you know with the instagram generation self-care what that looks like is bubble baths and fucking facials and um i don't know whatever else and there's so many different self-care products so it's funny because it's like it's starting to like become anxiety inducing because like even I've bought like like I've bought like a like body scrub mitt because of oh self-care and it's meant to rejuvenate your nervous system and all shit like that. Um so yeah, it is definitely a buzzword, but then I kind of really realized as I started to kind of practice self-care that that it's not it's not all these things. It's it's whatever self-care means to do means to you and whatever you know that looks like. So whether it be going for a swim, that could be self-care. It's doing something um, that may not, like, I guess that you are conscious, doing something that consciously uh, uh, minds you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, it's it's a hard thing to do because I think self-care is really hard because we live in this generation and this country of, like, you know, you can't do anything for yourself, you know? Um, so it's hard to do. But once you start doing it, it's it's great. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, so that's me again. <laughs> I just say, I feel like I'm shy talking a bit, but it is kind of so abstract because it is diff- so different. It, it looks so different to different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I, I was kind of thinking about it. And like, I think like that's why it's so hard that like self-care has become a buzzword because like it's literally different for every individual person. So yeah. for me, it's about tuning, like listening to your body and tuning into your gut and deciding what works for you and what doesn't. So like, even to me, self-care is like knowing that you don't want to do something. Like that sounds like a weird thing to say, but it's like tuning in and go, and like, even I'll give you an example. So like I went back to college, you know, two years ago and the course was, you know, two intensive days a month, a full Friday and a full Saturday. And I learned very, like very quickly that if I tried to fit something in on a Saturday night, like meeting pals or going for a few drinks or whatever, like I was just wrecked and I couldn't do that. So like I learned that like that didn't fit for me. So like good self-care was when I didn't plan something on a Saturday after college and just let myself have some time. And I knew I was like slipping into bad kind of self-care patterns if I tried to fit in an extra thing on a Saturday night that weekend, you know? Yeah, sometimes it's just letting yourself off the hook. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love, um, you said that to me recently that you're like a big fan of letting yourself off the hook. And I love that because... I think like we're in a time where everyone's like, you know, never miss a Monday, no excuses, this kind of shite. And like, I love that you are like, you have to let yourself off the hook sometimes. And that's just like self-compassion at its best. Yeah. I think it's a fine line though. I mean, Mm. there, um, you know, you could say that it's letting yourself off the hook if you're like, you know what, I just don't want to work out today or I just don't want to go for a walk. And that's okay every now and then, listen to your body, but also try and spot you'll, when, when it's something that you'll know you'll benefit from, but you don't want to do it anyway. Uh, I think that you can kind of, kind of send you into a spiral. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to meeting people and, and giving yourself to other people or um, overloading yourself with projects or work or whatever, let yourself off the hook sometime. Like, I mean, you know, I said to someone recently, you don't owe anybody anything. And a lot of the time it's, you know, we can't tell the difference between something we actually want to do and something we're doing because we don't want to feel guilty, which is a huge distinction, but it can also be a very fine line. So let yourself off the hook, you know? 
So like, like, I think you're totally right. And I actually, when you said that to me a couple of weeks ago about letting yourself off the hook, um, I had done, did a couple of sessions of life coaching. Um, and I actually asked my life coach, because obviously life coaching is very much like goal setting and, you know, working towards that and trying to achieve those goals. And I was kind of asking that. I was like, well, where does letting yourself off the hook come in? Because I think sometimes you need to, but where's the balance between making excuses and avoiding doing something yeah. and letting yourself off the hook. So do you think you've just had to try and tune in and really listen to like, am I avoiding this or am I letting myself off the hook or have you figured out the difference? Do you know what? It's what's really helped me, I guess, you know, I don't know when this episode's going to go out, but right now we're coming out the tail end of the COVID pandemic. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, the idea of using this time to do something that you always wanted to do, but didn't have the time, which I think is like poison. I think that is dangerous, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. But during this time I started to meditate, um, every day. And my therapist said to me, you know, she's very, she's a fond believer of letting yourself off the hook, but you know, she could tell that I was getting into a bad place. I was disconnecting from my, being really for me I was completely disconnected and she was just like okay Jane I don't care you're doing meditation every day uh treat it as if it's like going to the gym and you don't want to go you just have to do it you just like bring yourself to the mat bring yourself to the cushion whatever for 10-20 minutes a day whatever time you have and that really stuck with me because it was the first time she was very like Jane you have to do this uh because usually she's quite you know for the whole self-compassion and I did it and um, I started meditating every day and it has uh, changed everything in terms of self-care and, um, and, you know, buzzword, you know, being mindful. But what's so interesting about it is that, you know, I see that as a form of self. You know, it's taking the time to kind of be fully present to yourself and, and check in with what you're feeling and, and blah, blah, blah. But it's also bled into different areas of my life. So the likes of working out or going for walks what I find really helpful about this and hopefully someone who is listening will experience the same thing if they do it um just by meditating it has meant that everything else is so much easier because I would find that let's say it's working out or going for a walk or whatever you know you're thinking about that thing that you don't want to do for hours and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do that later. Oh, I really don't want to. And then you talk yourself out of it and you think of all the things that could happen. If you do that, you start thinking about all the excuses that you could make and find a reason why you, you don't want to do it. But what I found is that because I'm so focused, um, at being in the moment and being like mindfully present to the moment, I'm not thinking about the next thing that's coming. So I'm like, Oh, workout time now and I'm not even giving myself a time like a second to think about it you know what I mean and I just do it um and that's and that's amazing because it means that you can fit all these other things into your life that make you feel good um so yeah I mean that's my personal experience of it meditation was really key uh, that's amazing yeah. Because yeah, I was going to ask you if you think like your and your kind of self-care routine has changed I guess during the pandemic do you think like you will keep up meditation forever now? Is that kind of part of your? Yeah, but I mean, of course I will. I love it. It is like I, I dipped in and out of meditation before, but I never did it this consistently. And it's the first time I've really seen the importance of doing it consistently. 
But of course, you know, and I've also been doing a lot of reading on it, talking to a lot of people on it. You will dip in and out of it and you might go through months of being disconnected from, from that part of you. You know, if you can't fit in meditating and that's fine and that's a part of life. Um, but when you come back to it, you know, you'll connect with it again. It's like a muscle. I think that's true of pretty much any self-care because so like for me, a big thing to do like a big kind of self-care practice, I guess, is like going for a swim in the sea. Um, and like, I'll go through phases of, you know, only going once every couple of weeks, not say the current climate aside, but I would have gone through phases of going every couple of weeks, or then I would go through periods of going literally at least once a week, if not a couple of times a week. Yeah. And like that, I just, I always know that I need to go back to it. So even if it's not that I'm literally like, I'd love really to live by the sea and go for a swim every day. But like, you know, you, if you can't commit to that, if you can't manage to get to the sea every day, it's like no one to come back to it, I guess. Um, yeah. That's true of whatever self-care practice you land on. It's no one to just go, that worked for me and come back. I was kind of thinking about people who, say, let's say if you've pushed away from self-care, prior to this or you just think it's a buzzword and you haven't really thought about it I was kind of thinking of ways that people could figure out what works for them so like there's a couple of things that for me so it's swimming in the sea um it is a soft start to the day which yourself myself always say so like before work or before whatever it is that you're doing that you get up at you know with reasonable time beforehand that you can do something and then you have this feeling of like I lived a life before I started work Uh, And like, I know that makes me feel so much better. So when I don't do it, it's like, it sounds like you're punishing yourself because you have to get up earlier. But really, you're pun- I'm punishing myself if I don't do it because I don't have an, as good a day if I don't get up early and have a nice breakfast or go for a walk. I don't like it. Like, like, oh, I love getting up and like having time to like go for a leisurely stroll, not like a dash to the office. You know what I mean? Yeah, or absolutely. So when I was kind of thinking about how do people figure it out, like, I think it's like, if you can try and imagine, you know, sometimes you do something and it could be like, let's say you got up for early one day before work and you went and got a coffee on your way to the office and sat like on a bench and just had a few like minutes to yourself and you got to work and you said like, oh, that was so lovely. I'm glad I did that this morning. It's like, take note of those things because that happens in life. You do something out of your usual routine and you go, that was so nice. And it's like, well, take note of that. Like if that made you feel great, why not build that in again into your routine? Very good point. Because yeah, that happens so often. Oh, I love that. I must do that more often and you never do it again. Exactly. And the same, I was, you know, similarly trying to think of people trying to put their foot, their foot, their foot on it. Is that, is that an expression? Just make I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say next. So I don't know. <laughs> um, put my finger on it. I don't know where. Foot there you go. There you go. <laughs> but, um, if you find it hard to like, that's something that as, as that happens, you can take note. But if you're really like, right, I want to know right now, you know, think of new ways to build in kind of self-care. Like it's worth trying to like track or like journal your, uh, your life for a couple of weeks. So like if you, again, this is probably more under normal circumstances, although you could do it with whatever your routine is now that we're all kind of at home, but you know, write down kind of everything you did that day who you talked to, what you did, what you wore, you know, what you ate, what time you got up at. And like, you should see a pattern then of over how you felt each day. So like, if you felt really crappy on a Monday morning that you had, you know, slept in right until you had to get up and start work or you didn't have breakfast or whatever it is, 
you'll start to kind of see patterns of what worked for you and what didn't. And like, that's where the really so simple self-care routines come in. Because like, as you said, it's not a face mask. It's not a buying something. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be swimming in the sea. It can be really simple. We miss the simple things because we're all just rushing by life, you know? And I will say as well, we miss the simple things because we always have our head, head in our phones. Yeah. I mean, I think the simple, like I know meditation sounds very daunting. Swimming in the sea isn't always possible, whatever. I know all these things, but one of the simplest things you can do is just put your phone on do not disturb at nighttime. Like, yeah. the, like, like we are so conditioned um, to just accept the phone and the anxiety that comes with the constant stream of communication with everybody um, that when you don't have it and when you put it away, it is scary at first because you're like, oh, where's my phone? I need to check who's trying to contact me. But it's the most liberating thing. Like, you know, really, how, how often, how, let's say how many times a week do you, like, if you're at home, do you just even, like, just start looking at your phone when you're trying to watch a movie and then you realize, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah. What is your brain, Maeve? Like, it's just this constant compulsion. Yeah, and I've really noticed that with being at home more. Like, I'm just noticing, because like when you're in work in the, you know, in an office during the day, like, or even when I'm sitting at my desk at my work from home desk here, obviously, like naturally I need my phone. But like, it's only when I, when you're at home all the kind of time I realize that it's literally, literally an extension of my arm. Like it's, it's coming everywhere with me. Like, you know, if I ran downstairs to make a coffee now, why would I not why would I why would I bring my phone with me but I would just would I will be like in, in case in that's five minutes that I go downstairs that I get a message so like it is intense and that's something that kind of feeds into so like I've been trying to like really you know practice as much kind of self-care I guess my self-care has been different during you know COVID-19 because I haven't been able to get to the sea and that kind of stuff um and a lot of the things that, you know, I might do aren't there, but I've been just trying to alter it. But something I only noticed in the last couple of days is that pre-COVID-19, is that a thing now? It's like pre-COVID. Um, I would have really focused on having a good like sleep routine. So like that about the phone, like I know you put, you try to put yours on, do not disturb like a little bit before you go to bed, but I would always make sure that I'm not like on my phone right up until I fall asleep or I wouldn't fall asleep like watching TV because I just don't get as like it's well it's scientifically proven but I also know I don't get as good as sleep um but I realized that I've been literally falling asleep to something on Netflix every night like for the last like eight nine weeks nearly every night and I was just like horrified because I was I guess I was doing it as a comfort like I was watching stuff on Netflix that I've watched before like Gilmore Girls or like New Girl or whatever and it was like a comfort to me watching that at night and then falling asleep to some background noise. But like, I'm realizing now, like that's goes totally against my kind of sleep routine and what I know works for me. So I'm like, I need to consciously get back to a better sleep routine. I wonder if the reason why you're doing that in these COVID times is because you know that you like, you don't have to be somewhere in the morning. Like you're working from home. Like I find like I get right, really stressed if it's like after 11 o'clock and I work the next day and I haven't gone to sleep. But because now we're working from home, like, oh, I don't need to like rush out of the house or panic. Like I could go to the team meeting in my pajamas if I wanted to. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah, well, I, I do. It's definitely, that's probably part of it because obviously, you know, if I'm getting up and I have a drive to work or whatever it is, it's a longer day. 
But it's also like... Can I just point out that Maeve lives about 30 <laughs> seconds from our office? <laughs> well, I only just moved. Let's remember that. So in my I head, in my head, the commute... It's a longer day, you know. <laughs> but in my head... a walk. In my head, the commute to the office is still like 30 minutes, which it would have been before I moved. So I keep like, because I was only living here a couple of weeks before lockdown or before we started working from home, I've kind of forgotten that I live so close to the office. Um, Where was I going with that? Oh yeah, but no, it definitely is part of a comfort thing. So like I always rewatch stuff, that series that I've seen. So like Gilmore Girls, Gossip Girl, whatever. And I always thought that was real, like kind of weird that I just rewatched the same things, Friends, all that. but I saw something like on Instagram or something recently that said like it's it's it is connected to anxiety. So like if you have, you know, a little bit of ang- feelings of anxiety sometimes, like it's a comfort in watching something you've seen before because you're not there's no surprises about what's going to happen. And that's definitely true of me. You know the way like you watch certain shows for escapism. Like the escapism for me really is that I've seen it before and there won't be any surprises. Um, so because I, you know, have been away from my boyfriend, I've been away from my family, you know, at night I get a little bit like, oh, I'm a little bit sad, but it's like the comfort thing of like, oh, I'm falling asleep to the sound of Laura like Old friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is there any TV show more comforting than the Gilmore Girls? Let's be real. Uh, absolutely not. It is the most like heartwarming. I follow, like, I just want to live there. Just so wholesome. There's like five people in the entire town, three shops and a gazebo, and that's all you need in life. I guess to touch on resilience as well, you mentioned about, you know, meditation helping you throughout your day. I guess resilience is very much tied into self-care. And I think, you know, people can scoff at self-care, but really, if you don't tune in, listen to your body, listen to your needs and do those things like daily or weekly or as much as possible, when like shit hits the fan, for whatever reason in life, which it it does from time to time, you know, your body and your mind are not going to be prepared for it. So, you know, we have to remember that we can scoff at these buzzwords, but really, if you don't tune into yourself, like you're kind of doing yourself a disservice down the line, you know? Yeah. I mean, what I would say is just remember that self-care is, is a practice and not an Instagram story. That's so true. Although I will say, right, I do want to say one thing about that because I do hear a lot of the time people slagging off like, oh, you're having a self-care night doing your face mask, whatever. I do agree. You don't need to buy products or anything like that to do self-care. But for me, I'm still glad that someone is considering them doing a face mask to be self-care because for me, it's more that you're taking the minute to yourself to do it. Yeah, if that's what makes you feel good, of course. Of course. Mm. What I'm trying to say is, that doesn't make everyone feel good. And, and for you, it could just be going for a walk. Um, and, and that's fine too. But I get, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is self-care isn't always easy. But as you just said, tune into your body. You know what you need. And when you can recognize that something will do you good, but you aren't ours to do it, that's when you probably should do the thing. Yeah, you know I mean? exactly. Like I you think- do have to force yourself. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah, because I think there's like a couple of different things with self-care. There's the things that like will make you feel good and kind of warm and fuzzy and that's lovely. But then there's also the things like you say that you don't necessarily want to do, but that will benefit benefit you. And I think like there's like the areas of self-care in like your, day, you know, your social life and then in your work life. And I think that's why it's so different for everyone because depending 
depending on like what your work life is like, you're going to need totally different things. Like I can't help but think about people who work in, you know, healthcare roles at the moment. And I just like really hope that there's a focus on self-care because nothing is going to take away from the difficulties that they're going through. But there are things they can be doing to really kind of keep their mind and themselves healthy during it. Um, so I just, yeah, I would like ask people to like, and there's loads of books. Like I have a book, like self-care for therapists, which is specifically about how to like look after yourself, you know, before you have clients and in between clients at the end of the day. And so it really focuses on how you do that. So there's like loads out there, but just like check it out, I guess. One simple thing I do, um, which was a tip passed on to me whenever I do something that I love. So like, for instance, um, I've been playing guitar for like 20 years and I late as I got older like I used to play in bands and stuff when I was a teenager and into my early 20s and then I got older and got a real job and stopped but every now and then when I do pick up the guitar I just fucking love it like I pick it up a couple times a week but I wish I played more but I write down after I finish playing like I love it it takes me into this like meditative state like I, I just the vibrations or something like it feels so good and for me, that's self-care, but I don't do it enough. So what I do, whenever I do something I love, I write down the reasons why I love it um, and what I get out of it. So it could be something very small. And I think that really helps when you're trying to talk yourself out of doing something, just to be like, no, actually. And even if you don't ever look at it again, even just naming the reasons why it makes you feel good, they'll stick with you, you know? So I love that. That's a really good tip. I really like that one. Um, just, you have to spring something in my mind there when you said that. So obviously you hadn't been playing guitar as much and I'm assuming it was like because you've had more time at home that's what's kind of sprung you into picking the guitar back up have has anything else kind of like that happened to you where I guess I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is have you gotten any kind of little good gold nugget nuggets from having been locked into your home for the last nine weeks uh you know during the madness was there any positives you took out of it um it's literally the most positive eight weeks I've ever had which I feel really kind of bad about as well because obviously this isn't a walk in the park for so many people. Um, But, you know, this is the longest I've stuck to any sort of like exercise regime. I've been like working out every day for the past six, not every day, but like I've been sticking to a plan for the past six weeks. Um, I've lost weight. I've lost a stone and a half, would you believe? I've um, just been going for walks. I've been having my soft starts. Like, you know, I, I do have an anxiety around will this like will this how do we bring this into real life again yeah um that's one thing that i'm stuck on because and i'm a little bit anxious about it to be perfectly honest because i i like this life um but yeah i don't think yeah i don't know i, I guess um we kind of have to actively um come up with a strategy of how we can integrate it back into our real life back when this goes back to normal but I think that once you're changed, you don't change back. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it'll be easier because now you kind of, well, at least for me, I have a bit more perspective about what is important and what makes me feel good. Yeah, so interesting because I'm the exact same. Like, I mean, I've had tough days for sure. But I think, you know, obviously to say yourself and myself are both in quite privileged positions during the time in the fact that we, you know, we are living somewhere where we're safe during all of this. We're healthy, all of that. Um which I look, I know so many people aren't. So, but I do think it's important for us to look at the positives that we can take out of it um, during this time. And I think like, look, even on the darkest day, you can find light. Um, and while I've definitely had tough days, 
I totally agree with you. It's really made me realize what's important to me, who's important to me. You know, even down to when you're so restricted with who you can see. I saw so quickly that like the people that I can't wait to see after. It's like, it's funny the people that you're excited to see versus the people you're like, oh, I kind of, you know, it didn't really affect me that I didn't see them for nine weeks or whatever it is. Um, but I think you're right. It's, it's like any, any kind of good we've, in terms of the positive, I think that has come out of it for a lot of people and, and for us as a country and as a world is that we've all slowed down a bit. And look, I think that was really needed and it was a long time coming. Um, but it's just to like make sure that we don't all just get back on this like rat, into this like rat race the minute it's over and that we mindfully hang on to the simpler things, the slower things and remembering what's important because like our, our minds do, like we do kind of go back, you know, I, I don't want to say we go back to normal, but I just think if everything around us changes, like we, we have to consciously want to keep some, some of this new life with us, I guess. I think what we've done over the past couple of weeks um, or months, actually, at this stage, Jesus, isn't that mad? Um, I think we've all gotten to know, have had, have had no choice but to get to know yourself a little bit more. And as Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better and you can't unknow something. So if I had any tips for anyone around self-care, especially right now when we have a little bit more time, get to know yourself a little better and then everything else will come off that. You know what? That's so lovely. So I'm going to leave it on that fabulous note. Um, Jane, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. That was fun. It was so fun. And thank all of you for listening to today's episode of Take Time Podcast. I've been Maeve Atchison and I'll chat to you soon.